This is Dolphin Financial Radio, a show about planning your retirement. When you are young, financial decisions are easy. You aren't worried too much about the future, and you know you have plenty of time on your side. However, as you get older, the financial decisions get more difficult. Eventually, you reach the age where you face decisions about employment, home buying, raising a family, and college planning. Your financial success is often determined by how you handle the many curveballs thrown your way and by how much you are saving for retirement. Before you know it, you are within 10 years, five years, and then one year of retiring. At this point, you'll be facing new and different financial challenges. You'll worry if you have enough money to last through retirement. You'll be concerned about healthcare and longevity. You'll want to make sure your retirement is everything you always dreamed it would be. These are the retirement challenges that we will address each week on this show. Regardless of how far you are from retirement, it's time to listen in as we begin another episode of Dolphin Financial Radio. Good morning and welcome to another Dolphin Financial Radio with me, Dan Wendell of the Dolphin Financial Group right here in beautiful Clearwater. It is a great show today that we're going to have for you, Tony. Thanks for joining me. Tony Shore is the sidekick on today's show. (laughs) And it's appropriate because we're going to be talking about what to do if you're getting older and you're thinking about retirement and you think you're playing catch up. Now, we're not talking the condiment. We're talking playing catch up with your retirement. The, The title of today's show is going to be I'm 50. Now what? Or we could call it I'm 50 plus, Tony, for anyone over 50. The idea here is as you're getting older, you're thinking about retirement and what happens when you get really close? What do you start doing? Is it too late? Is it, is it, is, has the ship sailed, Tony? We're going to talk about that because I have a funny feeling there's a lot of listeners out there that are thinking, man, I think I better get started on this whole retirement thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's the time when you start thinking about retirement once you're over 50, right? Yeah. It gets close. Yeah. You start to think over about 50 it. question mark. Now yeah. what? So now, now what? Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. All so right. let's talk about that today. Before we do, how are you? Well, I mean, it would it would help if one of us was over 50 to talk about this topic. Not me. <laughs> Tony. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Don't know who no. that would be. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> I know. It's not you, Dan. Uh, mm. Yes, I am over 50. I will admit that. But you know what? No one, no one believes I'm over fifty when they meet me. You know why? It's because you act like a child. Yes, it's because of, <laughs> it's because of my maturity level. I thought it was your golden pipes. The golden pipes, yes. Um, no, that sounds like a great topic, honestly. And thanks for having me on the show, Dan. This is going to be a good one. Uh, I'm excited about it. Uh, I'm interested to hear what you have to say about. Uh, people over 50 since you're such a young pup yourself. Um, but <laughs> Put it this way. I'll be starting the uh, this process, this thought process pretty soon. Yeah, that's true. Well, uh, Dan, I think uh, I've had a, a crazy busy week, but this is my reprieve. The show each weekend with you is my chance to relax and have some fun. So let's have some fun with today's show. In fact, um, it's funny that, uh, you know, you and I, you lived in Minnesota for a while. And of course I'm from Minnesota. Uh, there's probably a lot of, uh, Minnesota transplants down here in the Tampa Clearwater area, but, um, uh, they have, uh, one of the largest, uh, car shows in the world and the biggest fifties car show in the States. Uh, it's called back to the fifties. And I happen to know it's this weekend because, uh, my uncle, uh, has a collector car and always goes, uh, but uh, it just reminds me, are you 50 and older, the 50s, uh, back to the 50s car show? Uh, and, uh, you know, once you're in retirement, you, you can't go back to your 50s. So I'm trying to work that in as an yeah. analogy to well, say. Well, I'll tell you what. I was thinking about the 50s because that's my parents, you know, that's the music they listen yep, to, the 50s. Yep, my parents too. But they were in their teens you know, or twenties yeah. when that the fifties. So they still listened. So is that what's going to happen to us, Tony? So we're going to listen to the music from our, when we were in our twenties already happening for me. I mean, I, I so just, you listen to disco. No, <laughs> I'm not that old. I, uh, I actually, uh, the eighties, I graduated in the eighties. So the eighties music is what, what I really love. 
I love all those one-hit wonders from the 80s. I, I have no excuse then, because I listen to all sorts of weird stuff, actually. And, well, uh, I do, too. But... I'm a big fan of Boney M. You know Boney M? <laughs> Wow. Do you know that group? Yes. Um, can we, is there, do we have a seven second delay button where you can take that back? <laughs> no, uh, I, you, 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 <laughs> trust me, you, you love their songs too. Just give them a chance. I think they're from the seventies, right? That, that's yeah, they are. Disco. they are. They are. Yeah. So if listeners, if you're interested in some good music, listen to Boney M. <laughs> it's really good stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, well, um, when it comes to me, I used to respect your musical taste, Dan, until now. I, actually, I, I'll i be honest, I probably haven't heard Boney M since the late 70s, so I'll have to go back and see YouTube. what in the world you're talking about. Maybe you've had too much coffee this morning, and uh, I think you may have lost it a bit there. I mean, normally you're into some really good music. Uh, well, but- I just happened to notice that that was they were the opening act for the uh, Donald Trump uh, rally up in Duluth, Minnesota, recently. So they were they not. Made- <laughs> that is not, that is a fabrication, uh, listeners. That is a joke. Uh, Boney M did not open for Donald Trump. <laughs> it's funny to think about, uh, but no, I don't believe that happened. Yeah, they were up. In, he was up in Duluth. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was really firing them up up there. I'll tell you that. Last off-topic question while we're bringing up Duluth. Um, you see all those Duluth companies now selling clothing line, Duluth I think. Duluth Trading but, Company. Yeah. Um, do you, What do you think of the, the freshwater aquarium up there? I've been there. And, you know, being I grew up on a boat, basically. We lived on the shore, mm-hmm. near the shore. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the freshwater aquarium. What's your take on it? I like the, the saltwater aquariums better. Yeah, the freshwater aquarium, it's unique. Uh, there Definitely are th- unique. There are things I like about the aquarium up there. I think it's neat they have it. But overall, uh, no. I, I, I mean, obviously, if you've been to Florida or Southern California uh, and seen, you know, if you've been to SeaWorld or you've been to any of the many places uh, here in Florida, yeah, it's it's a, it's kind of the freshwater aquarium is a bit of a letdown. I mean, you know, they, they have uh, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald playing on a loop. You know, it's just... It's not. Plus, you it's know, not for everyone. There's there's something to be said about the tropical fish looking at a clown first versus a walleye or a, you know, like a muskellunge or something. The you musky, know, like <laughs> the muskies. The mus- yeah, it's like it's like why is the water so murky? Right. Yeah, it's no, fresh just, freshwater fish. It's just freshwater fish. It's just <laughs> perpetually cloudy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, no, there's so some back, cool. Fi- there's some cool things to see there, but uh, like yeah, the, the freshwater stuff is not no. That's usually well, no. All right. Back to the lecture at hand here, Tony. So how did we what do get you on do? freshwater fish, Dan? That's... I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm delaying the inevitable. See, this is what people do. They get to the point where they put up, put, push retirement aside. They don't want to talk about it. And then next thing you know, boom, they're 55 years old. And they're like, oh, yeah, I guess I should start thinking about retirement, right? Yeah, you're going to be unemployed for 20 to 30 years with no right. uh, income coming from a job. No right. paycheck. But so what are you going to do? What's interesting is this is the sweet spot. This is the time to talk about it. I mean, when you're 50 years old, if you want to retire at 65 and you're 50 or 55, that's ideal to start thinking about because you could really make some stuff happen with that last 10 But hopefully you've years. saved before that time, right? Well, what do you think? Do you think people have in this country? Not, not the majority. I'll give you some stats from Vanguard. What do people have? Average 40, the average. So, you know, this isn't everybody, but on in general, the average between a 45 and a, and a 54 year old. Yeah. 45 to 54, they have about 117,000 saved. Mm. 117. Uh, the average 55 to 64 year old has about 179,000 saved. Wow. And then the average 65 plus has 197,000 saved. Wow. Now that may seem That's not good. Well, I don't know. No, it's not good because when you talk about healthcare, we talk about you know you're going to need like three, four hundred thousand just to pay for health and healthcare in retirement. So we're already short. We got to factor in food too, you know. So um, food and shelter. So we got some issues. People do not have enough saved. But you're um, saying fifty if well, they if they get serious about it at fifty, there's still some things we can do, right? Well, well, here's the thing. If you're 55 and you have $200,000 saved for yep. retirement, is is that enough? 
I would trick say, question. I would say no. Trick question. How many times do I have to yell at you about this? Is is fifty thousand enough or is five million enough? It, it depends. depends. Yes. The answer is it depends. It depends. It, it just popped in there. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta get a little wooden bamboo stick and smack you. Again. <laughs> Again. It depends, Tony. No. Welts all over my body. Right. There's no point. right answer. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much you have. It's all about income, really. So what happens is, you know, you, do I have enough? Do I have enough? Well, you're never going to have enough, right? Everyone wants more. Um, but it depends on what you're spending. So if you said I spend nothing, then you don't need anything, right? <laughs> so this is the time. If you're over 50 and you're thinking about retirement, here's the questions you need to start thinking about. What is your lifestyle going to be like? Are you going to continue the way you are now? Which is what most people do. Right. You know, except they don't go to work. So they, you know, continue, but they continue spending about what they spend. You know, a lot of the financial guys will say, oh, you need 80% of your income. 70 to 80 was the rule of thumb that I always heard until I I started working with you. I say, "Eh." right. I would say, "Eh," too, or whatever that noise is you made, because uh, I I don't want to take a pay cut in retirement. Right. Now you're going to, you're going to have different income shifting you know, you're you're not going to have income, perhaps, but you can have Social Security. Hopefully, you might have a pension, um, but you're going to create your own if you don't. So you're going to have some sort of income, but you got to figure out what you need. What is your lifestyle? That's the first question. So if you're in your fifties, now is the perfect time to think about. It. Don't wait until you go to retire, which is what most people do. They go, "I'm retired now. Now what am I going to do?" They look at their wife or their their husband, and they just stare at each other and say, "Now what?" You know. I think I want a divorce, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm just, wait, I, I didn't, I didn't spend this much time with you. I'm not used to it. Or what are we going to do? We're going to golf that goes good for a week and then you hate it. Yeah. It's such a frustrating sport. No, but in, in seriousness, Tony, now's the time to imagine what your retirement will look like. And it went better dream. Think about it. And then you plan for the gap of income. So you know what you're going to get from social security. You know what you're going to be spending and then you figure out how much am I short? Yeah. And then you can work toward it. Then you work toward that. Don't work toward building, building, building money because whatever you build money, you'll wind up spending it all. What you want to do is 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 design what it is you're going to spend and then work toward making you sure you have enough to get there to, to actually spend it. So are you saying, uh, to back up a little bit, uh, uh, let's say just hypothetically that I was over 50, Mm-hmm. Uh, is it too late? That's the question a lot of our listeners are going to ask. Is it too late for them uh, to uh, plan and have a successful retirement? No, this is when, when it comes to retirement planning, this is when it really begins. Like you said, it's the sweet spot. It's the sweet spot. Like when you're in your 20s and 30s, 40s, you're just saving money. Right? Yeah, you you're just riding the market, you're <laughs> saving. You're, you're, and you're not really thinking about, right, right. Yep. You, you think you're not thinking about retirement. I mean, some people are, that's fine. But for the most part, you're not thinking, all right, where am I going to go? Where am I going to live? Cause you know, you might be starting a family. You might not, it, that's all noise. But when you're over 50 and then it starts to get real, because I mean, granted, we all have a limited lifespan. So usually it's around 50 years old where you start saying, all right, what am I going to do? When, when is this going to end, like the retirement? When is, when is that going to be there? So this is the time to start planning for it. Now, hopefully you've saved some money in the past. Yeah. But if you haven't, it's not too late. It'll be more difficult for sure. But- and and you, you definitely need to work with a, a financial uh, planner, a, a financial advisor, a fiduciary like yourself, Dan, uh, who can look at the big picture and help you map out an actual written you know roadmap to retirement, right? Because it gets a little trickier. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's not just where do I invest and buy and hold and forget about it. Now you have to start thinking about spending some of this. How much are you going to spend? When are you going to spend it? You know, where are you going to put that money? And so what we'll do in today's show is I'm going to cover basically four keys, four key points that you should be thinking as now that you're at this age where retirement is looming, um, these, these are the four things that you need to do. But let's, I thought let's, there were five. Well, there is, there could be. There's always five. See, you ruined it for me. I was going to come up with a surprise. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Oh, my God. Who brought this guy? <laughs> who who invited? They got to wave down the studio producer here. Who invited this guy? Oh, I did? I did. Yeah, sorry. 
He's cheap. Oh, uh, yep. Spoiler okay. alert. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Sorry All about right. that. But let's start with a few things. We just talked about how there people don't have too much. I mean, again, doesn't doesn't matter how much you have. It's how much you spend. And so the first thing you got to understand is is the IRS <laughs> is your uh, I can't believe I'm going to say this. The IRS is looking out for you here. What? Um, at a, after you hit age 50, they change the rules. They Oh, the that's IRS right. In your favor. In your favor. See, they're really looking out for you, aren't they? Yeah. No, they they increase the IRS, the the, the government, our, our trusty friendly government has allows people after age 50 to save more for retirement. They've increased the limits because there's a limit as to how much you can save for retirement. Don't ask me why, because you don't want me to go on a rant about the government. But um, you could save, say most people save in a 401k, right? The limit in 2018 is $8,500. That's what you could put into a uh, 401k. Right. However, if you're over 50, 50 or over, they give you an extra 6000 So you could save 24500 which is nice. So they, they call it a catch-up provision. Yep which I mentioned at the beginning of the show and immediately brought images of hamburgers to you. Real or, tomato ketchup, Patty. Do you put... Real <laughs> tomato ketchup? Do Nothing you put, but the best, Clark. Do you put ketchup on your hot dog? Oh, um, mm, usually just mustard on the hot just, dog. I see you're a weirdo. I put both. I, I sometimes put both, but... Do you you put Greg Poupon on your hot dogs, don't you? No, I don't. <laughs> I don't poop on anything. Would you please pass the jelly? Okay. <laughs> So the also on <laughs> the the in addition to people um, turning 50 increase in their 401k, because not everyone has a 401k, by the way. Um, if you have an IRA, you can contribute 5,500 a year in 2018. But if you're over 50, you can make it 6,500. So they give you an extra thousand. But that's not a lot. $6,500. No. I mean, I, we talked I joked how it doesn't matter how much you have. But in reality, 6,500 is not going to get you very far in life in retirement, you know. For some people, that's gets you a month, maybe two, maybe three if you stretch it real thin. But $6,500 is, so they give you the limit. So the IRS realizes, the government realizes, hey, you know, you're over 50. You probably don't have that much more time to save for retirement, so we're going to allow you to save more. Um, debatable as to if those limits are high enough, but it right. is what it is. So just know that. So if you're 40, if you're 51 and you haven't raised your contribution limit just because you thought you maxed out, well, Ding, ding, ding. Now's your chance. Get in there and raise the limit. Okay. That, Good I idea. guess there's, that's tip number one. Okay. Now, let's get into the, the first thing that people that are over 50 need to start thinking about, which they normally didn't have to think about, and that is their risk tolerance. You know, like I said, when you're in 20s, 30s, 40s, you got a long time to go before you retire. So you're rolling the dice. You're riding that stock market wave. Your 401k should be aggressive. Yeah. When you're younger. But now you're trying to you're turning the, the you're turning the corner, okay? And you're starting to say, "Hey, I might have only 10 years left before I want to retire." And that changes everything. It your attitude about investing may not change, meaning you might not feel any differently about risk, but your timeline has forced your hand. You now need to think about risk a little differently because you're no longer 25. It's like, you know, when you go, I play pickup basketball, you know, when I was in my twenties and thirties, I didn't think about just going out there and playing, you know, I didn't stretch, <laughs> but in your forties, you start to stretch before you go out there because things change, right? My attitude, right. Stuff my attitude about the game isn't changed, but my physical, you know, I'm getting older and I have to take a little different precautions now, Sure. right? So I don't dunk anymore. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and for those of you who have seen Dan, uh, don't dunk ever. Hey, ever. You've seen Spud Webb dunk, right? <laughs> He's my height. <laughs> I think I might even be taller than him. Anyway, there there um, are little people that play basketball, I suppose, somewhere. <laughs> um, but I can shoot a ball, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful butt basketball. <laughs> so, so. Okay, let's talk about risk tolerance. What do I mean by that? So as you, when I want you over 50, you have to adjust what you're invested in. Now, you might not, you might say, Dan, I'm, I'm in a 401k. I don't have many choices. Well, you do, you do. You, you have to look at your choices. You have to revisit them 
Because if you say to hey, hey to me, hey Dan, in seven years I'm 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 pulling the cord and I'm jumping off this plane. I'm done with this work. I'm going to retire. So in seven years, I'm going to need some money to live. So most um, people would uh, take more risk in, in a last minute effort uh, the last 10 years before retirement to try to make up for lost time. That's it. You're right. Most right? people do the opposite. That's right. Um, you're saying they don't we have enough. shouldn't take more risk as we approach retirement? Not with everything. So if it depends, of course. But if you're saying, hey, in, in seven years, I need some income because I'm, I'm, I'm done in seven years. What you need to do is figure out how much income you're going to need in that seven year, eight year, nine year period, 10 year. And you start mapping out where you're going to get the income from. And you're going to want to take money off the table. So you might have a 401k and you, you say you might want to take a piece of that and allocate it for future spending in seven years, which would mean that you're probably not going to invest that heavily in the stock market because what you don't want to have happen which no one can tell if it's going to, but you don't want to have happen is a 2008 meltdown right before you're going to go spend it. You might say, I need $50,000 in seven years to spend to get me through that year. You don't want to have that in the market because in year six, if that 50,000 goes to 40,000, now what? Now you're in trouble. You just lost 20% and how are you going to make up for it? You're not. You just can't. You can't bank on that. So what you want to do is map out the income need now so that you're not scrambling the year before. Think about the people that retired in 2007 and said, oh, my dividends are going to be X, Y, Z. I got my portfolio set up. And then the 08 crisis came. They were heavily invested in the market. They lost 30%. And now their income's down 30%. Their life has changed. Now they're thinking not about what cruise they're going to go on. Now they're thinking about, am I going back to work? Are we, are we going to go on a cruise ever again? That's the kind of things you can avoid before you get there by mapping out your income need creating an income plan in your 50s that is going to be implemented in your 60s. You start making the changes now so that when you get there, there's no surprises. It's what you, it's, that's why I say it's a sweet spot because it's that 10, 15 year period of thought where you're like, yeah, this is, this is what I'm going, because most people don't do the planning so far in advance. We tend to delay everything, decision-making. Yeah. Most people do. Now, there's going to be people out there that say, oh, I got my income plan. You know, they might have a pension. They're great. You know, that's what you've done. You've been forced into income planning by right. having a pension. Right. Most people don't have an income plan anymore. It's all on them. And they wait until they retire and have a 401k lump sum. And by then, they missed out on a lot of the opportunity to, to build on the compounding interest, to allocate funds appropriately so there's no um, jolts to their retirement plan right. when they go to retire. So that's the that's really the most important thing that people over 50 can start doing is looking at their risk tolerance, matching their income need to their investing, matching the income to the investments. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know what? We need to take a quick break here. Dan, is there anything else you want to add for our listeners before we take this break? Yes. Tony's over 50 and we're talking hey, about... No. Uh, <laughs> Why the reminders? We're talking about if you're getting closer to retirement, we just use the, the age 50. It's irrelevant. If you're getting within 10, 15 years of retirement, what do you do? Do you have enough? Who knows? Is it too late? Of course not. Now is actually the time to really take control of your finances, take control of your retirement, and make the plans needed so that when you go to retire, it's easy. It's not a scramble. You plan ahead and it's not too late. If you want to sit down and begin your process, if you're saying, Dan, yeah, I'm 55 years old. I think I really want to retire in 10 years. That is ideal. Let's meet. It's so much. E My job as a retirement planner is so much easier if I have more time. And it makes your life easier if you give yourself more time. So don't think you have to wait until you retire to start planning. You got to do it now. The easiest way to do it, we can meet at your home if it's convenient. You can come to my office in Clearwater off of US-19. We could start with a conversation over the phone or even email. But the easiest way to start that conversation is to pick up the phone and give me a call. The office line is 888-508-5935. No charge for these meetings. We get to know one another. We get to see whether or not I can help you. I'll tell you either way. But I'm not going to be able to start that conversation unless you pick up the phone and give me a call. The number is 888-508-5935. All right. Well, thanks, Dan. And listeners, stay tuned. We're going to be right back with more of Dan Wendell here on Dolphin Financial Radio right after this. 
Do you ever feel like you need a retirement toolkit to help navigate your retirement? Retirement can be scary, but it doesn't have to be. With our Retirement Income Toolkit, you can get the information you need to help secure your retirement. This toolkit provides valuable information on income planning, asset allocation, tax planning, legacy planning, and more. Receive your Retirement Toolkit from Dolphin Financial Group right now by going to dolphinfinancialgroup.com or by calling us at 888-508-5935. And welcome back to Dolphin Financial Radio with our host, Dan Wendell of the Dolphin Financial Group and myself, your co-host, Tony Shore. And today we're talking about, hey, are you over 50? Now what? Uh, what do people who are over 50 do to prepare for retirement? Uh, is it too late? And are, you know, are the older workers ready for retirement? You gave us some statistics. Uh, so, Dan, great show so far. I, I like this topic, except you keep reminding people that I am, in fact, over 50. You said um, it, not me. You said it. <laughs> I, because I, I, I headed you off at the pass because I, I knew know, that's right. exactly the first thing that would come out of your mouth. Yes, the best defense is a good offense. I get it. <laughs> that's what I'm doing here. Uh, heading you off at the pass, kind of taking away your A material today. Uh, but uh, I know you have some more great tips for us regarding this. I mean, once Absolutely. we hit 50 or over, then you got to change the way you think and look at where you're at to make sure you're going to uh, be ready for whatever retirement you want, right? Right. And it's not about how much assets you have. It's about how much income you have in retirement. So it's time to start thinking about income. We also talked about the Freshwater Aquarium in Minnesota. Oh, but yes. let's talk Let's talk about some more tips here. Um, another huge tip for people is you, now's the time to start dealing with debt. Now's the time Ooh. to tackle that credit card debt. Do you have any idea what the average credit card interest rate is today in 2018? Interest roughly? rate? Yeah. I don't know, 17 yeah. <laughs> Is it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And that's, you know, the, the, the sad, sad, sad story behind me knowing that is that, uh, yes, I have some credit card debt that I need to take care of. So I happen to know the average credit card interest rate, uh, which is sad. Yeah. And, but it's going up because interest rates are going up. So they're oh, yeah. able some to cards raise rates. Some cards are 25%. I mean, right. you know, it, it doesn't stop at 17 <laughs> right. So you could, you know, so I've talked about this all the time. I'd rather people pay off credit card debt at 17% than invest in the stock market and hope to get what? Six, 10, maybe 20. But even then you're losing 17 to the credit card company with nothing to show for it, I might add. Yeah. So now's the time to deal with the debt. When you're in your fifties, get rid of that credit card debt. If you have it, we want to go into retirement without credit card debt. Cause that's the killer credit card debt's terrible. I'd rather you have a 30-year mortgage. Get a 30-year mortgage when you're 50, for all I care, because at least you're only paying less than 5% on average, you know, uh, yeah. and get a, get a mortgage to pay off your credit card debt. I mean, I'm not saying to do that necessarily, but it's worth thinking about. Um, another big debt that people in their 50s have, Tony, student loan debt. Oh, mwah, that's a big mwah. one. Yeah, really. We need a really depressing sound effect when we, say, when we start talking about debt and student, student loan debt. Wow, that's that's a real problem now. That's a crisis in our country, isn't it? Well, some people still have credit card debt, student loan debt. I mean, student loan debt from their own college when they're in their 50s. Oh, but yeah. For, them, for yeah. a lot of people, it's their children. And they've co-signed these loans and they have this debt and they're servicing it. And yeah, you get the tax write-off, but man... What I would do, to t I'd love to tell people, really focus on your retirement before lo loaning money to your kids for college. I'd rather the loans go on them. You can help them later, but they're not going to be able to help you with retirement. I say this all the time. You know, you you get your daughter through college and now you're saddled with the 80000 of debt. Wouldn't it be better if she had that debt? Well, no, she's starting out. She can't afford it. Well, what happens when you go to retire and you, you don't you can't afford it? Is your daughter with her new job at, at 23 going to be able to help you retire? No. If she's got debt or not, she's not going to be able to help you retire. So right. you might as well have your daughter have the debt than you. Um, but again, this is just a philosophical thing. Yeah. But I think now is the time for people to get serious about debt. If there's anything that you can do outside of planning your future income, it's dealing with your current debt. Because if you go to retire at 62 with a ton of credit card debt, there's little anyone can do to help you at right. that point. 
Right. You got to get rid of that debt before retirement. It, it's so helpful. Is That's what you're saying. Um, but a credit card debt is a big one. And that's you for sure. You need to get rid of that. And, and I think, like you say, that's got to be a priority. But I know there's a debate about uh, what about mortgage? Uh, yeah, see, there is a debate about that. You're right. And again, I, I, I have more, a little... Home mortgages, your house note is is debt that some people are carrying now into retirement. And is that a good thing, a bad thing? Is that something that has to be handled before you can retire? Well, the silent generation and uh, what came after the silent generation? Not the boomers. Or was it the boomers? I think the the beginning of the boomer generation, silent generation, they, they don't want any debt. They don't want... they. The theory is you want to be debt-free when you retire, which is a great theory, by the way. It's good. Oh, yeah. But it's a good thing. I, I, this idea of not having a mortgage in retirement... I, I get the value of it. The, you know, it feels good to not owe anyone money, but if you're going to owe anyone money, that's the one I'd want versus credit card or student loans. Oh, I mean, for really? Sure, for sure. Yeah. Cause you're going to get a better rate. Yeah. I mean, car loans. I mean, boomers don't have a problem getting car loans in retirement. What's the difference between that and a mortgage? You know, it, in fact, car loan, loan interest rates are going up. They're almost getting close to 30 year mortgage rate. Yeah, they are. So, so you figure what's the end of the world here with, with a uh, mortgage. I, I know a lot of clients of mine, Oh, I'm, I don't have a mortgage. Yeah. But you have a homeowners association fee, which is, could be the mortgage, you know? So don't, don't discount it. It's and, and people, they go out of their way to pay off the mortgage to the detriment of their other savings and, or adding credit card debt. Other oh, debt. they're going to go yeah. on a cruise, you know, you're not retired yet, but they want to go on a cruise. So they go on the cruise, they put it on their credit card and then they're stuck with that. But Hey, at least we don't have a mortgage. We paid that off. Well, what, you know, come on now, think about this. You're paying 17% on a credit card versus 4%, 5% on a mortgage. Do the math, you know? Yeah. And you write off the mortgage taxes. So I think, uh, I think people have a little bit of a misconception about that. I do not have a problem with people having mortgages in retirement. I yeah. really don't. Um, it's just, that's just, but that's just me. Um, because I see a lot worse. Oh <laughs> yeah. Say that. Yeah. Let's say that, you know, but debt is a problem for people. It's really difficult to retire when you have significant debt. It really is. Unless you have massive income again, and you could do it if you have massive income, but most people, when they retire, their income goes down significantly. So you need to tackle the debt first. And now's a good time to do so. You increase your savings and start decreasing that debt if possible. It might be time to tighten a belt in your 50s so that when you're in your 60s, you can do a little bit more spending upfront while you're young and healthy. Yeah, good point. I like I like that uh, idea. I like that plan. It's a good plan. And these are the things that you have to look at. And things are changing rapidly. Uh, different uh, types of uh, debt. Uh, interest rates change and go up. It seems like mm -hmm. interest rates are creeping up and going to keep going up for a while the way it looks. I mean, the Fed keeps saying they're going to raise, keep raising interest rates. Uh, so I don't know. I think you have to look at that and try to get that debt paid off as quickly as possible, right? That's right. You know, CD rates might go up, but but so is the interest on your credit card. So rather than invest in a CD or wherever, pay off that debt. Yeah. Well, what's the next tip on the list? You've covered three. Uh, the first was adjust uh, our investments based on risk, then adjust them based on income needs and timing, then mm -hmm. tackle that debt and start with the credit card debt and then and then go from there. And then there's student loan debt and then other types of debt. Uh, what's next on the list? This is a very direct one. Just get an HSA, a health savings account, health savings accounts. I, I think they're underrated. I don't think people know enough about them. And I think they could be very valuable. This is only applies if you have a, a high deductible insurance plan, which a lot of people do now. <laughs> yeah. You know, so if you have a high deductible insurance um, plan, you can get an HSA and health savings account. What it basically is, is a savings vehicle that you put money away and you don't pay taxes on the money you put in there. So you, as an individual, the limit in 2018 is 3450, 3450. So you could put $3,400 away and not pay the taxes on it. So it comes off your income. And as long as you use it in the future, indefinitely in the future for healthcare expenses, you don't pay tax on it when you take it out. So mm. it's a tax-free retirement savings. It's like wow. a Roth. Yeah, it's like a good. Roth. Um, but it's even better because it grows and you can also invest it and have it grow. 
you never pay tax on it. So um, for so a you family, don't pay taxes on the money going into an HSA, or do you? Right, right, right. So you you're basically getting a you're getting a um, it's like an IRA in a way. Um, but an IRA, even a Roth IRA, you have to pay taxes on one end or the other. Are you uh, you know either before it goes in or when it comes out? Uh, with a health savings account, do you have to pay it when it goes in or when it comes out or neither? Right. So you don't neither, but, but you have to use it for health expenses. You can't Ah, just use it. You can't just use it for, you know, buying a car. Right. But trust me when I say you're going to have pizza buffet, that's health. Unless it's a, unless it's a, um, one of the new meditative ones, the ones that are for improving your mental health. Oh, it improves Uh, my mental health. If you get a, if you get a doctor to sign off on that, Tony, there you go. (laughs) But the, so the contributions are tax free and, if you don't use it for health, you don't pay tax on it. Think of that. That sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? Yeah. Why aren't people using it? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, they don't know about it, perhaps. And for a family, you can contribute $6,900. I'd rather you put it in HSA than uh, an IRA. How's that? But is it earning any interest? Is it put into, where is it attached, my HSA money? Is it? attached to us the stock market like my 401k or is it just a savings account is it earning interest do you know how that works yeah absolutely so a lot of times you you, you do it with your bank so you can ask them hey can i open an hsa with you and they'll say well you need to have a health insurance plan that's high deductible okay fine i have that and then they'll give you some options you can invest it in the market so any gains you get are you don't pay tax on um, you can put it in a fixed account and it's probably a really cruddy interest rate, but you know, whatever it you can, it can grow to answer your question and it can be relatively safe to answer your question as well. So it depends on what you do, but you can invest it. There are limitations on it. So you got to figure out which bank you want to work with, which bank you got to look at a few things. What are the investment options with the bank and what are the fees? What do you, you know? What do you have for fees? Now I don't, I'm an investment manager, investment advisor, so I can uh, advise people, but I don't have, I don't open up HSAs for people and manage it and charge a fee. I'll just guide them and say, here, you go over here. You know, that's what I'll do. So I'm not looking to sure. make money off of this. I'm looking to help people improve because I'll tell you what, if you have an HSA and you're retired and we run into a little bit of a, an issue and you need some money, it makes my job easier as a retirement income planner. If you got an HSA, we can pull from. Now, let's say you don't use it for medical. You just let it grow. It, it continues. It, it rolls over. It, you don't, it's not a use it or lose it thing. So if you, if you put in $6,900 and your family doesn't use it, you don't have to use it for medical. You just don't have to, you have to use it for medical. You don't have to use it. So if you guys don't want to, you could pay regular out-of-pocket insurance costs or you can use your HSA. But if you choose not to use it, it rolls over and then you put another 6,900 in the next year and now you're at 15 grand and then now you're at 20 and 30 and pretty soon you can get this big chunk of money that's tax-free for health health care costs. When you hit your... 65, then you can, then it becomes more like an IRA. But again, still, as long as you use it for medical expenses, and that includes dental and vision, which Medicare does not cover, by the way, you could use it for those. Those are considered medical expenses and it's tax free. Yeah. Hearing aids, things like that, that are exactly, that can be expensive that aren't completely covered by Medicare. And rather than take money out of your IRA, pay taxes and then buy it, you take it out of HSA and you don't pay taxes. Nice. Bingo. There you go. And I don't know why people don't have it. It's almost worth buying a high high deductible health insurance plan just so you can get an HSA at least a few years and just and then let it ride, let it sit there for years and grow and then use it later. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know why people great, don't know about it. That's great advice. That's that's more than cool. That's awesome. I mean, uh, that's a great way to tackle the healthcare crisis and costs in in retirement because I see that as the biggest expense you're going to have is health. That's right. And imagine you're 50 years old and you do 10 years of an HSA, you know, you, you easily can get up to 50 K in a health savings account. Right. You could have uh, used, you could have used 10 to 20 K yourself to deal with your son's broken arm in an HSA account. I did. <laughs> I did. I didn't have that much in there to use, but we used some of the HSA just cause we didn't have the free cash. Otherwise it's a good little, uh, emergency savings vehicle. Yeah. For health, there health you emergencies. go. Ideally, I didn't want to touch it so that it would grow, but, you know, whatever. Ideally, I didn't want my son to break his arm. <laughs> yeah, life happens. You had to bring it up. 
Mr. Over 50. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're slipping that in wherever you can. I love this episode, Dan. I love it. <laughs> so um, on that note, I want to talk about this last piece, which is related to the health savings account. So there is a fifth point. Of course. There's a fifth tip. I knew it. Spoiler you said alert. four, but there are five. Under, under promise, over deliver, Tony. Right. That's, that's the that's the American way. Yep. Um, insurance, health insurance, insurance planning. Let's talk about that. So you're in your 50s. We need. There's a few things you need to be aware of. Um, healthcare is usually forgotten when you're working for a company because the, the well, a lot. Although it, people are paying more, even even employees are paying more. But usually your company's chipping in half, if not more, of your health insurance cost. And so as you're in your 50s thinking about retirement, you might be saying, hey, um, I'm 55. I'm going to retire in 70 years, seven years when I turn 62. Um, you have to start thinking about health insurance costs because when you leave that employer, odds are you're going to lose your health insurance coverage and you're certainly going to lose their subsidy because I, I mean, they're doing away with pensions. They used to have health care for life from companies, you know, that you just don't see that anymore. No. Um, so a big slap in the face to people when they retire is paying full price for health insurance. They didn't realize how ridiculously expensive it is when your company's not subsidizing half of it. People just don't appreciate that their employers are covering their insurance because they don't realize how much it is. Yeah, exactly. So, oh, I only pay $300 a month for health insurance. That's because your company's putting it in 350. But when you retire, that $300 a month is going to go to 750. How's that sound? Well, that does, that what the wait a sec. We need healthcare reform. Thank you. Join the club of the self-employed, the people that don't have a company paying for their health insurance. You know. Dan, I detect a little bitterness coming out here. Well, that's just it. Like people, you know, it's always the people that are doing it on their own that are getting hit hard with health insurance costs because the people majority of this country gets employer covering part of it, if not most of it. And so they don't realize it. I'm just saying appreciate it. And they do when they go to retire. I'll tell you that much. Early 60s, it's a horrible time for health insurance because Medicare's at 65 and uh, you don't have anything helping you out between 60 and 65 when most people retire. And that's when they say, well, well, what about health? And that's why Dolphin Financial Group has Dolphin Insurance, because we do health insurance, because not because we, we like health insurance, <laughs> quite the opposite. It's because it's a huge part of retirement planning. So you have to factor it in. What does it mean? And we do Medicare because that's a huge part of retirement as well. People love turning 65. Oh, my goodness. Going from 64 years old to 65 years old, it's like the first time in your life you want to be old. Well, maybe the second time when you went from... Uh, from 20 to 21. Actually, when you went from 17 to 18, right? The drinking age. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, boy. That was funny. I studied in Australia in a college, and the drinking age was 18 over there. That was an interesting little tidbit. Yeah, I, I was actually grandfathered in. I got, uh, 18 was my drinking age in Minnesota. It used to See? be 18, and um, my class was the last one to get grandfathered in the class of 84 our wow. drinking age was 18 did you have to ride the tractor to the bar or did you the comp no sorry <laughs> i'm leaving a silence there we're gonna yes, add cricket the noises. pregnant pause <laughs> um no so i did let, not have to take the tractor to the bar no. but you did at one point in your life okay so healthcare. <laughs> so healthcare is huge and it's not until you retire and lose coverage that you realize that. Important other thing to plan for is that, you know, Medicare is not going to cover everything. So if you're, if you're 57 years old and you say, I'm going to retire at 65, because and a lot of people do this. They work until they, they uh, are 65 just for health insurance. So they're working for insurance, which is crazy. Oh, they're yeah. All, yeah, no, all, I've, I've told you about the story about my neighbor. He, he's, yes. He's 66 and he works for the state and... He has, it's not here in Florida, it's actually another Minnesota person. Uh, we keep talking about Minnesota, but uh, he works in Minnesota for the state and has worked there a long time. In fact, he did work for the state of Florida once. 
as well, doing the same thing, helping the court system, the state court system go paperless, e-court, you know, uh, nice. all the documents, uh, electronic and, and uh, integrate all that. So he's the project manager for that. But at, at any rate, uh, his wife uh, doesn't work. Uh, he works. He wants to retire. He has a pension, but uh, he gets such a good deal on his health insurance. Uh, and he didn't realize, you know, he 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 said, OK, I'm going to stop working at this. And then he realized what he would have to pay for his wife too. for his wife. Too, Medicare. She's younger than right. he is. And so uh, he, it would be astronomical. Like I forget. He's literally paying for his wife and him. I, I think it's like one hundred and eighty dollars a month or two hundred dollars a month for full coverage. Great. Low deductible, too. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, well, it's See, a state. It, it, the state covers it, and the state of Minnesota has great uh, benefits for their employees. Uh, as still, I mean, it's probably changing soon, but at this point, they still have great health care benefits for their employees. So, and a lot of states do, but um, for their government workers, they're the probably the last set of workers in this country that actually have decent benefits right now. So as far as health coverage, and I'm telling you, uh, there are other companies, but especially um, uh, state government employees. Yes, but, government employees, for yeah. sure. And and a lot of times, um, you know, like in his case, he can go on Medicare. It's not going to be expensive, right. but his wife can't. Nope. So a lot of times when you're planning, you got to think about both ages. Yep. So you might be you might be 55, but you might your your spouse might be 52, and you have to factor that into your income planning and, yep. and healthcare planning. Um, so it's important to start thinking about this now and not to, and while we're talking about healthcare planning, you also have to factor in long-term care planning, which oh, is crazy, yeah. crazy thought. But if you're 52 years old, you're like, I don't want to think about long-term care. Right. You know, uh, but now's the time to do it because you don't want to be. Now here's the deal. It used to be, when you're fifties, that's the time to buy long-term care insurance. I'm not recommending that long-term care insurance has gone undergone such ridiculous changes over the decade, last decade, you know, insurance companies dropping out, just realizing they underpriced things. It's just a mess. People getting a premium increases of 40% on policies that they bought 10 years ago. Yep. It's just like, what happened? So you got to start thinking about some alternatives to this. You got to start saving for the inevitable long-term care event, which may not happen for 20 years or more. But if you plan for it now, it makes it so much more affordable and easily easier to manage. And um, and you might be planning for it already just because your parents are dealing with it. You know, the, you might be 55 dealing with your parents getting closer to 80 or in their 80s. They might be in a situation where you're like, oh yeah, I, I get it. I need to start planning for this. So what you do in your 50s is you start looking at what I call hybrid life insurance. Basically, you're, everyone understands what life insurance is. You buy life insurance for when you die, right? The, your beneficiaries get it. And people's in the, people in their 50s might need that to replace their income in case they die, their spouse needs income. But what they're doing now, these insurance companies, when I say they, these insurance companies, they are adding the ability to build a long-term care pool in addition to a death pool. Um, so what I mean by that is, let's say you buy a $500,000 life insurance policy on yourself. Um, that means when you die, you, your spouse or whoever you name gets $500,000, right? But you, they're allowing you to use that $500,000 on yourself for long-term care or home health care. So it's not like I'm buying this so that the, my beneficiaries benefit. You could buy it for a pool of healthcare money, healthcare spending money for long-term care type events, whether you go to a nursing home or have a home health aide come to your house um, or renovations to the house, you can use that money. Now, it comes off the death benefit, so your beneficiaries are going to have less, but who cares at that point, right? Isn't I mean, you need to do what you need to do. And I think now's the time to buy that because that's now's in your 50s is when you're young and healthy. And you don't want to try and buy this when you're 65, 70, because by then, I mean, you can, but by then it's going to be a lot more expensive. And you may be able to do, and what I've seen people do, and I've helped people do, is they say, hey, you know, I'm 55. I want to retire at 65. They'll buy a 10-year of payment plan while they have the money and the income that will, by the time they're 65, they're done paying into it. They have a full, huge death benefit as well as a long-term care benefit 
already paid up. They don't have to add any more money and it's good for life. So they, they, they plan for this so that when they retire, they don't have that bill anymore and they have a pool of money for the in inevitable long-term care event. That's the type of a proactive planning that I love to do. And that I think not enough people are thinking about just because they don't know about it. Yeah. I, I think that people don't. And I like the fact that you mention long-term care insurance and how uh, that is really, uh, there are a lot of problems with that. And people didn't like it because you have to pay such high premiums and you're always worried, like, where does that go? You just, that, that money's just being thrown away uh, until you need long-term care. And there are so many increases in that, but there are other strategies that's good to hear about, like uh, the life insurance strategy. And I know there's also a strategy where certain types of uh, a rider can be added to a fixed index annuity. So you can get retirement income plus more income if you need it for long-term care, right? That's right. So these insurance companies have realized, yeah, we kind of we kind of messed up on that one and people aren't buying it anymore because it just doesn't make financial sense for a lot of people right. or it's just, they price them out. Yep. But people have other needs for income or life insurance and they say, why not build it into that? Yeah. Because it's just more practical. People appreciate that as it's more of a use it or use it as opposed to use it or lose it type thing. Yeah. And so, and, and people like that, you know, the people aren't stupid, you know, they, they want, they want value and these insurance companies realize that they've made the changes. They just bad at communicating it. And I'm aware of this because I'm dealing with people retirement in retirement and the big knockdown is long-term care. Yeah. That's really the chink in the most people's armor. So I'm looking for solutions and I found them. And it's not for everybody, but I share it. You know, I try and get the kids involved. I get the kids to pay for it. If you if you die, they're going to get the benefit. Why not have them chip in? Yeah. You know, so I, I don't. It, it's all about planning for your situation ahead of time. Yeah. If you wait to last minute, you're going to wind up being in a situation where you don't think you have enough to retire. You're working just because you want health insurance. You're working because you don't know any better. And then what happens? Life happens. Yeah, life, life passes happens. you by. Yeah, right. While you're planning. Yeah, and you don't want to be in that situation. So plan ahead. Great show today, Dan. We're completely out of time. Why don't you let the listeners know one more time how they can get a hold of you if they have questions or want to get started with that plan? Thanks, Tony. You, you, if you're in your fifties, you're listening. You say, "Hey, I got to start planning for retirement. I've been pushing this off too long. Now's the time. Be proactive. I would be glad to meet with you. Come to my office. I'll come to you. The number to call to set up that complimentary meeting." 888-508-5935 or go to dolphinfinancialgroup.com and click on the contact us in order to connect with me. Again, that number 888-508-5935. And thanks again for listening to Dolphin Financial Radio. And thanks, Tony, for being a good sport about being over 50. Thank you for listening to Dolphin Financial Radio. Don't try to retire without a solid income plan. For more information, please contact Dan Wendell at Dolphin Financial Group. Call 888-508-5935 or visit the website at dolphinfinancialgroup.com. Dan Wendell or Dolphin Financial Group are not affiliated or endorsed by Social Security or any government agency. Everything discussed on today's show was for information informational purpose only. Since everyone's situation is different, some things may not apply to you. The materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources. We cannot be 100% certain that they are accurate. You should really talk to my dad or someone from Dolphin Financial Group before trying to implement these ideas or strategies.